them. Did we talk about the um, the possible leak from the Marvel Legends figures? Um, I mean, we're live now. I don't know if we did or not. I don't think we did. I mean, we definitely didn't do it on the podcast. No, we didn't. So the new wave is uh, Sylvie and then all the what if characters. Mm -hmm. Only one of the what if characters has Marvels in front of their name. And generally the Marvels in front of their name is is denoted for um, a live action character. Like meaning that they appear in the MCU. Mm -hmm. And that character is Captain Carter. So the assumption is that she's going to show that Haley Atwell will show up in one of the movies. Yep. Well, good, because I feel like they didn't use her enough. I would like to see her. Oh, I just zoomed in on my face. I did not mean to do that. Oh, no. Yeah. Literally, nobody wants to see that. Uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Granted, I, I guess I could have also just watched the show. I did watch yeah, it. I just didn't I watch it. I watched. Yeah, I watched <laughs> half of season one, I think. So how long did that run for three seasons? No, I think it only got two. Uh, no, six seasons in a movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. so first of all, since I now I can definitely notice it on the camera. I don't know if it's coming out as clear on the. Twitch stream in the in the YouTube VOD later, but I can see it in the Discord call at least. Can you see the fucking very awkward sunburn across just this diamond or triangle in my face? Yes, it is unpleasant. So I I had to go to an uh, a, an extended outdoor meeting today, and I'm still masked up when I'm near anybody, pretty much when I'm just out at all. Um, so I had a mask on for all for hours. And my hair fucking, you know, sloops over to the side here. So just this diamond was, or I keep saying diamond, this triangle of my face uh, was exposed directly in the sun. So I have a fucking gnarly sunburn, which can be, I guess, accentuated by looking at that. That's oh, how burnt oh, my not. face is uh, by looking at my arm there. So that's a great story. But I did want to kick things off, not with that, but with... Uh, Yeah, I think it's I think it's clear to you guys and, and clear to a lot of people, you know, listening and watching that, you know, I've I've taken a corner with my eating. You know, I eat healthy primarily and, you know, whatever, all these choices I make. And I don't really indulge in fast food really at all anymore. So whenever I do, it's it's a journey of sorts. And I decided I was like the other day I really needed really fucking needed to just like eat something very quickly because I was out for for work and I was just starving. So I said, fuck it, there's a Burger King right here. Let's just grab something quick. I don't know how, quote-unquote, new this spicy chicken sandwich is. The chicken? Yes, the chicken. Chicken-ing is fairly new. I'm, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Might actually be the best chicken sandwich at a fast food restaurant. Like, it's really fucking good. Like, I, I, was, I was very, very, it was very tasty. Yeah, I, I, I had it once or twice. I don't remember my feelings on it. I think I I was left underwhelmed, but honestly, it might have just been from the Burger King I went to because I feel like I got it from the one that's closest to me, and that place is always kind of... Is that of... the one near Target or, or no? Yeah. 
the one I, was the one I went to. That's the one I, I went gonna, to. I was going to ask if you uh, had it delivered, Mike. Did I? Yeah, did, did skunks rummage through it before you <laughs> take, take a Skunk definitely did not. The only, the only rodents roaming around my house are... Did, did I ever... Did I tell you this story, Dom, or no? A skunk story? Yeah. I mean, I definitely saw a picture of the bag with, like... But I, so I didn't tell you the story, though. I don't think so. So that means, Mike, did I not tell the story on the podcast ever? I don't remember. I think you asked me this before, and I said... I mean, if Don doesn't know, then I definitely didn't. I, mean, I think I, I had said something along the lines of, no, you To be fair, I it. check out of the podcast pretty often, so... Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I'll, I'll just quickly summarize it then. Uh, one night, Jen and I, we were actually in the... I'm pretty sure we were recording the podcast. We had ordered... We just needed something to eat late. We ordered Burger King. I thought I had made myself clear that... Okay, well, Jade's saying that we did talk about this, and then I won't bore anybody. Yeah, I don't know. Skunks hit my, my fucking Uber Eats delivery at one point, so there's that. Um, but yeah, anyways, Burger King chicken sandwich, I was very impressed. I, I also kind of want to take a step back. I might want to walk back my statement and say flat out best chicken sandwich, spice chicken sandwich, because, I mean, Wendy's is like the go-to for me. It's like the staple. Again, I'm not eating fast food all the time anymore. But I also haven't had the Popeye's sandwich, and I feel like a lot of people go to bat for that. Yeah, I, I think you should round things out by getting one of those. I mean, yeah, that one. Let's see who else is out there. I feel like I need to try a KFC chicken sandwich at this point. Do they have spicy chicken sandwiches at KFC? I think. I feel like they, they had commercials basically saying, they definitely, like, hey, you know. They yeah. definitely had um, the chicken, double down? Littles. chicken Littles. Oh, yeah, those are good. I did like those. I haven't really fucked with KFC like in a big way in a long time. Like I feel like there was a point in time where I'd get KFC often as my fast food choice. Like uh I forget what they were called, the bowls. They they oh, were yes. oh, with the uh, buckets, weren't they? No, they had no. like they were they were like yeah. meals. It was like potatoes, gravy, chicken, like everything was just in a bowl. It was essentially like a uh what is the shepherd it was like a shepherd's pie, shepherd's pie. but like with with yeah. like KFC food, yeah. Yeah, and it was, that was kind of my jam for for a yeah. bit. I feel like we were probably in high school when that was going on, but I don't. I mean, unless it's still a menu item, I don't know if it is or not. I de- I mean, I don't know how many times we went to the drive thru and I got a gallon of Mountain Dew. We did do that a lot. Wait, they had huge fucking Mountain Dews there. Yeah. Yeah, they had the 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 child size from Parks and Rec. KFC actually like had it. It was a gallon of Mountain Dew. Why can I not place this right now? We must not have went to fucking KFC. It was that absurd that we would get that, and then it would just be like our drink for the rest of the day. Do they <laughs> still have this size soda? I doubt it. I doubt it, and I again, maybe, I just don't go to KFC. As, maybe as I'm much. confusing it with because I feel like Wendy's at a point also had very large sodas. Like you could get a fucking diesel Wendy's soda. Maybe I'm just confusing Wendy's soda with KFC soda. Then probably, but fuck. I mean, I feel like the most memorable old fast food situation with us is, for me at least, is going to the Burger King at the fucking Square One food court and getting all those fucking tender crisp sandwiches, throwing the sauce, always having the buffalo sauce on deck. 
Th- those they cut us off nationally. They honestly, just those out altogether. I I feel like in its heyday, like that tender crisp sandwich that that was probably the best actual best fast food chicken sandwich. I don't know why the they da- ever the, the Darius Rucker tender crisp sandwich. Is that what it is now? Is that a thing? No, he was he he used to do the commercial for the the <sighs> spicy tender crisp. I don't know why Dom's a Hootie fan. He's. Is I'll, that who uh, that is? Hootie and the Blowfish? It's yes. Yeah, it's the guy from Hootie. Is he a solo artist now as well? Because I yeah, know that a, name. He's a he's a country singer. Okay, that's why I thought he was a country singer. That's why when you said Hootie, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm way off base. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it was a good sandwich. I was very impressed. Again, I could have just been very fucking hungry, and I also don't. Could have been get, just very hungry. Yeah, don't get but... fast food that often anymore. But it was it was hot. Like it felt like it, they fucking the fries were also like perfectly cooked and again i'm not usually a big burger king's fry stand i was very impressed with this this outing the this little endeavor i think it was on wednesday i was very satisfied with wednesday like i did not regret doing that on wednesday most of the time in the last 12 months when i do get fast food i immediately regret eating the fast food Mm. this shit was not a regret not like th- this shit was like oh damn do i get burger king like next week again like am i going down a fucking hole here is this the thing that breaks me i really hope this is i don't know i i, I can't click on these things what, what are you sending i sent you the darius, darius Rucker, Rucker. Burger okay. King commercial. i was really hoping it was going to just be a picture of <laughs> the wendy soda oh no i can see the if kfc I can find soda um but yeah, anyways, so that's that's I, I wanted to I, mainly Mike, because I know Mike dabbles in fast food often, uh, probably mm-hmm. more often than anyone else uh, of us. So I wanted yeah. to see if you had an opinion on that Burger King chicken sandwich. Because... Yeah, I might have to give it another shot. I know I had it at least once. I might have had it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm willing to go for a second and or third time. I don't know when I'll do it, but like, yeah, just to make sure. I know the sandwich. Yeah, it's definitely I I there I feel like that sandwich that I had on Wednesday was good to the point of like this isn't just me being too hungry, like in not having fast food for a long yeah. time. Like this is like this is this was actually like a very delicious sandwich for fast food. Uh anyways, we're talking about this for way too long. Welcome everyone. To the Pass Control Podcast, a show where a couple of best friends talk about the latest in video games and nerd culture. Sometimes we have guests. Sometimes we talk about spicy, tender, crisp, fucking gallon sodas from fast food too much. Either way, we have a new episode for you each and every week. As always, I'm your host, Bernard Groom. And joining me on this lovely Friday evening is the anime senpai himself. The PTC Movie Club Month Picker, Michael Desir. That sounded better in my head, and then when I said it, I was like, this is actually a terrible intro for Mike. I apologize, Mike. I actually just fucked yeah. up your intro. You know, I, I, I could see it in your eyes, and I could hear it in your words that you, you were trying to get someplace, and you didn't actually know how to get there. So, like, you just started it, talking, and then you're like, yeah, this will make sense. I've been there. I'll start a sentence and think to myself, all right, this will make sense by the time I get to the, the end of the thought, and then I yeah. get there... And I realized, nope, this shouldn't have happened. Like, like if you're a regular listener of the show, you you understand. Like, when I intro Mike, Mike's the anime senpai. You know, for a little bit after you know a couple of previous PTC movie clubs, 
you know, I threw in the 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 swingers reference because it you know made us all laugh. Maybe that one time, and then I kept doing it because I don't know when a joke ends. Uh, you know, and then for Todd and for Dom, and you know, it's usually it's usually the same string of, you know, this is how I'm introing introing these people. But I I wanted to mix it up and go off the cuff, and apparently I just shouldn't go off the cuff. I was like, oh, it's Mike's movie this month. He's the PTC movie club picker. It sounded good in my head because, like, the PTC and the P and, like, the alliteration, but it was actually too long of a string to actually sound good. And then it just sounded weird because I, like, realized it sounded bad as I was saying it, and then I tried to stop saying it, but it just kept going. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of... That's the no, way improv the news goes. Improv is not your strong suit. It's not mine no, either. Oh, no, it's definitely not. I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a, I'm like a good I'm a, I'm a good six man you know what I mean I'm a good six man in the improv group like let me let me you know be not the star of the show let me be you know in the background and like maybe I'll mumble stuff because I'm not confident in it and then maybe I'll blurt out something at some point that like oh maybe someone else can riff off of and turn it into something actually funny but most of the time mm-hmm. just throw me in the back you know I'll be on stage I'll be a body you know I'll fill the gap I'll fill the void yeah, of course. Actually, I think I, I wouldn't be terrible at improv, but I would need to be with someone that I had good chemistry with. I couldn't just go up there with like anybody and and riff. It'd have to be like, mm. you know, it have it have to be the 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 gang. Anyways, rounding us out this evening, I almost just called him the Fortnite father. I mean, I guess that also kind of works. But the Disney daddy, wow, I'm just fucking off the rails. Uh, Dominic Forty, he's wearing his. Is that a Rock hat or is that a Rutgers hat or what? What have we got here? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I, I mean, you're a sports guy, too. I don't know if you're, like, a Rutgers fan that I was not aware of for some reason. Isn't that their logo? A bullhorn? Bullhead? Bull bullshit? I don't know. Mike, do you also have this shirt? Uh, no, I got a different one from them. I think Mario, uh, Mike has Mario Kart? Or do you have the Mario no, Kart one, too, Dom? I might also have the Mario Kart one. Oh, you do you have the NES one? You, I wore that wore last this week. this one last week, so I was hoping that Mike could wear it next week. So I... <laughs> I already did my laundry too, and I almost put that fucking shirt on tonight. That would have been I don't good. know. I don't know if you noticed it earlier that like when we started the call, I was still in a tank top, and I was like, oh, I had to like put on a regular shirt because I'm way too sunburned to be in a tank top right now. Um, anyways, you have the, you just have the Nest one, Mike. No, oh, I have I the Nest one. I also I have, have the, I have the Nest one too. If we all have one, we should probably like. I just have one that says Super Soul Bros, and it's like a guy with glasses it's not a character oh okay Okay. it's like an afro guy oh you oh you have like the old old i i think it's mario with an afro and glasses oh maybe it is i i guess i never looked at it that hard or at least his features are like sort of mario-esque yeah that's how i always interpreted it i I don't know if that's actually what they're going for Uh, he has the uh, italian stereotype nose yes Uh, mamma mia which is just a oval (laughs) it's just a shape Anyways, I, I like we, we should we should plan our we should make references to our shirts in future episodes, but not call them out like this and just see see if the eagle died viewers can spot it and call it out. Maybe we'll send them a prize. Mike will handwrite you a note if you can if you can if you're the first one to reach I don't know a point system that we'll that we'll discuss off the air. We'll, we'll send you the reveal. shirts off our back. Yeah, if you can. 20... <laughs> Go. What you no, say? No. I was saying it's, it's 2021. I have not written a full sentence with a like a paper and pen in the last 20 years. That's not true. You definitely did. That's it not in, true. In at least 
13 years ago. You de- definitely wrote at least a okay. sentence. 13 years ago, but, you know. Who, who I was... Mike was such a living in a digital age that he didn't he doesn't even communicate, you know, with with the analog world. He is living no. in a digital world and he is a digital, digital girl. Digital girl. And I just it was I a better way that, for us to do it. I love that Daft Punk song. Uh anyways, a couple of housekeeping things before we roll into tonight's fucking shit show apparently. Um I'm not lost in the sauce. But I'm having a good time. You know what I'm saying? Mike knows what I'm saying. That, Mike definitely knows what I'm no, fucking saying. That's the sauce talk. This guy knows what I'm talking about. This guy, <laughs> this guy definitely, definitely knows, what, knows what, I'm what I'm talking about. Wait, what is your shirt, Mike? Now I need to know. Oh, I think this one might be World of Warcraft. Oh, that, that loot oh, box Mike's exclusive? A, Mike's a big that wow loot, guy. That loot crate boy. I'm not wasting Mike's my big wow shirts just to sit here in front of the camera. Mike, Mike what do you got? What do you got for hours played in... Uh, World of Warcraft. Hours played? Uh, let's see. So in the most recent expansion, I don't know, like 15, 16 hours? Like, I'm, I'm barely into it. But uh, if I knew the name of other expansions, best believe I would have made up different hours for those. Or the, or the most recent one. Yeah, the most recent one. I, I think I could get by by just saying the most recent one and no one would... People would be like, oh yeah, I get that. Mike, you could literally say anything because Dom and I wouldn't fucking know. No, I would um, know. He has zero hours played. He might well, have. He, he might have minutes played. I feel like he might have gotten a game for free on some Steam thing. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I I feel like I do have a WoW disc somewhere. Okay. I think I do have one. I I forget where I got it. It, it must have been something that they had for free at like a GameStop. Yeah, I just yeah. assumed that Steam had it up for free at some point, and you would have downloaded it and turned it on for five minutes and then gave up. That that was my well, guess. Let me just open up all my launchers and see where I can get it. No. I mean, it's 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 a fucking Blizzard game, so it's on Activision Blizzard. Also, right. fuck Activision Blizzard. Um, anyways, so you, yeah, Mike, if you're going to get into an MMO, honestly, at this point, Final Fantasy 13 or whichever the number is. People are fucking loving yeah. that game. People are oh, loving it. I, I downloaded it. You can, I think you can I, get like a free free two weeks, maybe? You can. However, I already did that, and then I didn't play it. And then uh, because I didn't play it, those two weeks are just gone. So now I, mean, I You could just buy it, too, because people are fucking loving it. You can, make your, you can make the cat girl or boy of your dreams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I can do that without having to play a game. Ooh. Anyways, a uh, couple of, uh, I don't know, housekeeping things. What, where are we at here? What, what are we even doing at this point? I don't even fucking know. Uh, this episode of the Pass Control Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. They just dropped off a delicious, hot fucking batch of cookies in my driveway, and they're sitting in my kitchen waiting for me to eat and gobble them up after this. Uh, if you're like me and you want delicious treats delivered to your door every week, or you want to, you know, if you're not like me and you want to drive down, walk down over to... You know, the local Goodnight Fatty Emporium at One Washington Square and get yourself some hot, delicious treats on a weekly rotating basis. You can do that on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday evening. And if you're like me and you want something a little hot, a little something tasty, a little something fresh in the morning on a Sunday, you want to get your, want to kick off the end of your weekend the right way, head on down to one Washington Square and get yourself a chubby. And if you don't know what a fatty is or a chubby is, check them out on social media at Goodnight Fatty and at Good Morning Chubby 
and educate yourself on these tasty, tasty treats. And if you do head down, let them know past the controller sent you. And see what happens. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Anyways, cookies were... The orange creamsicle, I, I took a bite. Was not mm-hmm. was not bad. I, I was a fan. I, w- I would eat that cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the middle one, the o- one that actually had Oreos in it, also delicious. Mm-hmm. Was was a fan. Couldn't tell you what the cookie is, because apparently I'm lost in the sauce. But I, I was a fan. Anyways, uh, a couple other housekeeping things. W- I streamed for I don't know almost 18 hours last week to raise money for my senior Gravis, and I'm very happy to say that we crossed 2,000, which is bonkers to me that we did that so thanks to all of you listening that tune into that type of stuff and donate and share and help get us to that goal uh it's pretty remarkable that puts our entire team over ten thousand, which is fucking wild so hats off to all of you thank you so much you made me play uh balan wonder world to completion and broke my fucking brain and then uh also made me play resident evil 3 remake which oddly enough I really fucking enjoyed, and I might buy Resident Evil Two Remake. So maybe I like horror now. I don't, it wasn't it wasn't like super scary. It it got me with jump scares often though. Uh, at one point, I was so tense playing the game. I don't know if you were there yet or not, Mike. When I got a follow notification, and I literally fucking jumped because that scared that noise scared me. I think I missed that, but that which sounds great. It, the follow notification for our channel is not a scary thing. It's it's Pikachu and Eevee waving and like high fiving, and it's just Pikachu saying Pika. So like that scared the shit out of me because that's how tense I was. Um, I, I so I kind of want to get Resident Evil Two remake, but I also kind of want to like maybe save that for another future stream. Or if I really want to go down the road of scaring the shit out of myself, Resident Evil Seven and Resident Evil Eight are actually supposed to be much scarier games. So what am I doing yeah. to myself? Go for it. Maybe, or maybe not. Who's to say? Uh, but that kind of brings us into... Well, I think that's the end of housekeeping. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Probably not. And if there is, I'm sorry. This week's episode is the end of the month. So that means it is the PTC Movie Club episode. And not only that, it's a double feature. We have a little bonus movie talk for you this week as we talk about Mike's pick, which is the... I was going to say the wrong movie, uh, Black Dynamite. And afterwards, we will talk about uh, front of the show, Cameron Hawkins' pick, which is The Wind Rises. But let's kick it off with Mike's pick, Black Dynamite. And I'm going to try something a little different this time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to hit us with some stats, hit us with some, some plot, overall summation, and then we'll get into it, and we'll have a good time. So uh, Black Dynamite. Did, did, did either of you look up the budget and or box office for this? Because I have it up. I have these notes taken. No. I don't know if either of you were not. curious and looked at that. I can tell you that they are both probably very small numbers. I would also think that. What do you think the budget is? Let's just take a guess. What do we the think the budget, budget is? The budget should be super low. I, I would say nothing north of 20 mil. Yeah, I was thinking for some reason 17 million is in my head. Okay. 2.9 million. Yeah, very low. I, I was going to say 1 million, but I'm like, that might be really lowballing it for a movie. Uh, there was I'm like, all... there was like, I feel like there was like explosions and stuff too. That's why I was going to where I was at. 
I don't think we'll get into it because I, I think we'll end up talking about other things. But I did do like some deeper digging on the movie itself and kind of just on black exploitation in general because I don't think I've ever actually watched a black exploitation film. I've probably seen bits probably and pieces. watched Blackula. Uh, I definitely never watched that. I definitely have seen bits and pieces of Shaft, which is that considered black exploitation? Yeah. Um, w- one of the other more quote unquote modern uh, takes was Undercover Brother, which I feel like I probably did watch that movie. I know I watched that movie. I know um, I used to watch that movie. So I guess you know, I if that's considered black exploitation, then I I did watch that at some point when I was younger. Um, and they also said that Austin Powers kind of riffs on some of that, and then they also have characters like uh, Beyonce Knowles' character in I think it's Goldmember. That mm-hmm. is is a is a more take on a black exploitation character, um, yep. but I went on a, a much deeper dive than I expected to on just black exploitation in general. Um, but so we got the budget, which was uh, two point nine million, uh, and then box office. Uh, these numbers are coming from Box Office Mojo. Uh, box Office just below three hundred thousand, hitting a cool two ninety six. Yeah, Ooh. I feel like I feel like that is not great. Um. Like even, well, actually, I knew it was gonna be super low. That much I know. In in my mind, I'm trying to remember when that movie came out. I don't remember the marketing for it. I well, it's tough for me to say. I feel like it's a movie that I wanted to see in theaters, but ultimately didn't. And then once it came out on DVD, was when I was like, okay, I need to go watch this now. Yeah, uh, I mean, but it's, it, yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, I'm not surprised that it performed low, but I feel like that's super low. Uh, so the plot, and this I'll be reading off of Wikipedia, a couple paragraphs here. In the early 1970s, Black Dynamite, a Vietnam War veteran, which when that part gets revealed is a fucking bonkers <laughs> scene. Like, I'm sorry, but what? Uh, and former CIA officer vows to clean up the streets of drug dealers and gangsters after his younger brother Jimmy is killed by a shady organization. O'Leary, Black Dynamite's former Army and CIA partner, reinstates him into the agency because they do not want him seeking revenge by himself. While trying to get to the bottom of Jimmy's murder, he finds out that his brother was actually working undercover for the CIA. Black Dynamite also discovers the shady organization is filling the black orphanages, not the orphanages, uh, with heroin. He declares war on local drug dealers and successfully cleans up the streets, earning him the affection of Gloria, a black power activist who works at the local orphanage. After discovering this, the government involvement in the drug ring... (laughs) Black Dynamite, this movie is ridiculous. Black Dynamite steals the ledger belonging to corrupt Congressman James, which detail I didn't realize he didn't have a last name, or unless James is his last name. Uh, Black which, Dynamite is the name of the character. He doesn't have a name. It's just, no, his I'm name ta- is Black Dynamite. I'm talking about Congressman James. I don't know why. Yeah. I, um, details of legal shipments to Wero's. The character Dynamite. named Chaka Gideon. There's a lot of questionable named characters in here. Uh, Black Time and his team consisting of close friend Bullhorn, street hustler Cream Corn, <laughs> and military, militant leader Saeed, uh, and three militants storm the warehouse to capture a big shipment. They learn of a top secret operation called Code Kansas, but there are no drugs in the warehouse. They only find, <laughs> they only find Anaconda brand of all <laughs> Uh, a government-produced brand that, according to the advertising slogan, gives you ooh, 
in a diner, they decipher the slogan, which again, ridiculous scene, uh, code Kansas as a plan to literally emasculate African-American men through Anaconda malt liquor, which is formulated to give you a little dick. <laughs> the militant gun smoke who has fallen victim to the liquor's effect is killed to put him out of his misery <laughs> returning to the warehouse. Black Dynamite finds O'Leary is part of the evil plan. Um, but is just following orders. He kills O'Leary before acquiring his next lead to find the source of Code Kansas' plan. Black Diamond heads to Kung Fu Island, where he discovers that his old nemesis, Fiendish Doctor Wu, Fiendish Doctor Wu, is responsible for creating this the Kung Fu treachery. Who's <laughs> responsible for creating the secret formula found in Anaconda Malt Liquor in a protracted battle with? which kills Saeed, the three militants, and Bullhorn. Black Dynamite discovers the true identity of the mastermind of the entire operation, the White House, which I was also sort of confused because I thought Cream Corn also died, and then he was on the helicopter. I was like, what is no, happening? He, 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 injured. he died afterwards, yeah. Okay, yeah. He got, he got injured, like he got hit with a, you know, Ninja Star or whatever. Ninja Stars, yeah. Get out. Um, Black Dynamite then travels to the White House. In the process, Cream Corn is killed by the Secret Service and confronts President Richard Nixon, who has been given the orders from the beginning. Black Dynamite engages Nixon in a kung fu battle. Nixon gets the upper hand when he dishonestly pulls John Wilkes Booth's gun, but the ghost of Abraham Lincoln <laughs> appears from a painting and attacks Nixon, which causes him to drop the gun. After defeating Nixon in a fair fight, Black Dynamite threatens to expose... Nixon as the subject of a series of bondage and cross-dressing photographs. The president begs to be killed, but Black Dynamite refuses to give him the easy way out and has Nixon watch out watch out for his people. The film concludes with a monologue from Black Diamond on his quest for justice as Gloria and Pat Nixon watch on rapturously. Okay. Yeah, that really wraps it up. Uh, Kale in the chat said, I threw that shit from the other... <laughs> From the other room. That is such I a good. I threw that shit before I walked in. <laughs> it is so good, so good. Uh, so I think one of the things also, that also also when um the first guy dies in on Kung Fu Island, I can't remember what his name is. He the like, one that they talking about. He's like go to his family or whatever. Yeah, and then Black Dynamite goes. Did anybody see that coming? I mean, did anybody I mean, see where that came from? <laughs> yes, this is so good. Uh, so I guess, I mean, we can get into whatever. We can get into why Mike picked this movie, how we felt of the movie, things we liked, didn't like, whatever, whatever, whichever path we want to walk down. Uh, I would like to state that very early on in the movie, I decided this is like an hour's worth of a Mad TV sketch. And then, uh, and then the girl from Mad TV was in yeah. it. And, and, uh, and like Cedric Yarborough, I mean, he's not on Mad TV, but he showed up and yeah. Um, uh, that's yeah. that's Nicole Sullivan. There it is, Nicole Sullivan. Sullivan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I I mean I mainly picked the movie just because I felt like rewatching it. Okay. I mean I don't just, hate the reasoning. I never watched it, so I'm happy to watch it. I, I like because I've been watching. They made Adult Swim has an animated series mm -hmm. for Black Dynamite. It's it, been which on, is also like, it's also on HBO Max because I almost clicked on that first. I was like, "Wait, this is animated? I didn't think it was animated." Is it yeah, also so, voiced by Michael Jai White? I believe so. They might have gotten him back, and Bullhorn's in it too, and um, I think Creamcorn's in it, and uh, I forget what the character's name was. The one that has the. <laughs> 
to where all the ladies are trained in kung fu. Uh, the she works at the strip club, I think, right? Oh, the, oh, oh. the one that's not um, the one that's the not one Gloria. That... Yeah, the one that's not um, Jack Jack Hay. Yes, the one that's I not kept, the mom. I kept looking at the yes, I kept looking at the actress and being like, "Oh, it's Jack Hay," and I'm like, "No, it's still not Jack Hay." Uh, what was I saying just now? Do 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 do. Oh yeah, her character is in the show too. That's all I was getting at. Uh, but yeah, I just I knew that movie. Like I used to just love quotes from that movie. I love that part where um, they're fighting. The uh, bullhorn steps in for Black Dynamite to do some fighting for him because he has a runoff and chase Chicago in, in, win in the, in the, in the pool he actually hits the guy. Yeah, he accidentally hits the guy. <laughs> the guy gets pissed, so they switch actors. Yes, yes, everything about that was perfect. The guy gets pissed and fucking breaks the scene, and then they switch actors. I I lost okay. it. Uh, uh, and the 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 one militant guy that kept reading this like the the directions, the line directions, directions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was pretty great. There was a lot. There was, of... there was also one point where uh, Black Dynamite's talking, and you can see the boom like drop yes. in, and he yes. looks up at it. Yes, it's so good. He looks at it more than once, and like obviously, I feel like all this stuff is on purpose. Like it, yeah, like it's, it's part 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 yeah. of the part of the thing. The, the scene, I think, probably the one scene that got me to fucking lose it the most is probably not even that funny, um, but. I fucking lost it. It's when it's early in the movie. It's probably like the first maybe half hour, 45 minutes. He's training. I don't know. He's spying in his house with just yeah. like, I, I don't know. Who's interrupting my Kung Fu? Yeah. Who's interrupting my Kung Fu, but not that part when aunt Betty or aunt Billy. I, I don't know when, when his yeah. aunt calls and she's telling him that, that his <laughs> brother's dead. Exactly. As she's still talking to him, he, he just fucking hangs up the phone. But he hangs it up and can't find it, so he's just slamming the phone around. I fucking lost it. I was like, "This." Is, I'm pretty sure that is when I texted the group and I said, "This movie is fucking ridiculous." Because I just, yeah. I fucking lost it at that point. It was, was so like, my, hey, favorite, my favorite part about the phone call is she's like <laughs> explaining that his brother's dead, and he hangs the phone up, and then he's just like staring off into space, and then the guys leave, and he's like, "All right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you next week." <laughs> No, he tells him that he's like, get the fuck out. And then he's like, oh, I'll yeah. see you next week. And then when he, when they do a flashback to him and his brother, I love... I'm 16-year-old like, black guy. It's so fucking good. It's so stupid, but it's so good. Oh. Yeah. Great, great fucking scenes. When, uh, when he's... When he... When he's describing... When he meets O'Leary and he's describing, like, his time in Chinese, Vietnam, I don't... I I'm, I was just like so confused. I was like, "This is a lot to take in right now." Says something in Chinese. I didn't know what he was saying, but I could see in his eyes. He's like, "Why would you kill me, Black Dynamite?" It's, uh, it's good. the 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 actor that played uh, Black Diamond also wrote wrote it. Correct. I believe Michael so, J. Yeah. White. There's mm-hmm. a screenplay by him. Okay. I, I don't know if he's in other things. He's but... Bond. In the movie. Mm-hmm. Interesting. In, in the original movie, not in the new movie. I don't know what else I would know him from. I pulled up his IMDb real quick. He's in The Dark Knight. I don't know who Gamble is, but he's Gamble, the guy that gets. I think he's the to, one that. Do you want to know how I got these scars? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's is like he in that scene. In the pool. 
he's the one that puts the bounty out on the Joker, and then the Joker shows up and yep. uh, in the pool he's hall. They drag yeah. the trash bag in with him in it. Um, obviously the the fight scenes and the action scenes in this movie they are what they are on purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. but like, and I meant to look this up. I feel like uh, Michael must have been like. It was always yeah, him in the scenes. He's a trained... I think he's trained in martial arts. Okay, because, like, yeah. some of the stuff was goofy on purpose, but, like, when he's, like, using the nunchucks, I'm like, no, he knows how to use nunchucks, and, like... Yeah, he was doing some real, like... like Yeah. Some real, like, spinning air kicks and stuff, yeah. Yeah, like, it was, like... It was actually, like, kind of fucking cool, and, like, the fight... <laughs> the fight with fucking Nixon at the end, when Nixon pulls out the nunchucks, I'm like, this guy also fucking is a nunchuck master? Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, you don't great. get to rank a president without being trained in some form of martial Apparently. arts and some kind of a uh, weapon, like I, a Ninja I, Turtle weapon. I I did kind of enjoy after he he defeats Nixon and he like goes to apologize. He's <laughs> like, I think I was at my bounds. You didn't shoot me. You shot the plate. If you shot me, then then the response would have been justified. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. The one thing I didn't need, I didn't need, I didn't need to zoom in on the dick like seventeen times. <laughs> like, like, like the joke was funny after like the first couple, and then when it just kept doing, it, I'm like, this joke's going on too long. And who? And uh, what was it? Mars, the yes, the Greek god of war. Now, what is his Roman counterpart? Ares, you dig? I thought the lady, the lady, when she like had some of the answers, he like looked over and pointed at her at one point, but he was like aggravated that she had answered. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you're right, old lady. Uh, uh, that part where um, Black Diamond's like talking to Glorian's, like he said, I don't know, he was basically rhyming, and that other woman comes in to finish the rhyme. He's like, Gloria, shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut the fuck oh, up. No, I know it's you. I don't even have to look at you. Yeah. That, that was a really good fucking scene. And then immediately, fucking Gloria is like, like, I'm I'm assuming part part of the point of that scene was like that this is a girl that like knows Black Dynamite's pickup lines. Like knows yeah. like you know what I mean? It's so like they've it clearly have yeah. at least been together in some way, or he's used pickup lines on her. And immediately after he's like, Shut the fuck up. I don't have to fucking look to fucking know it's you. <laughs> Gloria looks at him and it goes, for some reason, I feel like I can just trust you. And it's just, I, I'm just like, this is it's so good. Like, it's so good. Uh, oh, my God, Mike. I just saw you write that in the chat. Donuts don't wear alligator shoes. That's, that's that seems pretty good. Pretty good. It's a great, good. great line. There, there are a lot of really good lines in this movie, I will say. There are, like, a lot of really, really good lines. And a lot of, like, peripheral actors. Yeah. Mm. Brian McKnight was one of those uh, pimps. He was sweet meat. Yep, Brian McKnight was there, yep. Cedric uh, Yarborough was one. Sorry, Arsenio um, Hall was there. Yep. Um, Bubba Gump was the guy in the pool hall. <laughs> Captain Kangaroo Pimp. Yes. Yeah. I, w- I forgot to look that up to see if it was actually Captain Kangaroo. Wasn't he dead by that point? Uh, I don't, I don't remember when oh. he died. Kale in chat mentioned that part that that was really funny too. Right before, um, actually, it was right after Black Diamond shot the donut, and the car is trying to stop, but the guy who's driving the car didn't break. <laughs> it's like, oh shit! I think that was planned. 
That one looked like it might not have been, <laughs> but they just left it in because it was perfect. Like it yeah, fit so well. Yeah. Well, when I was like reading more about black exploitation films, it it it's it seemed like, according to what I was reading, at least uh, it, off of Wikipedia. So you know, take that for what you will. That black exploitation films were often shot in one takes. Like a lot of stuff was like just one takes, and it's like it, yeah, that's it's the best way to save money. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm assuming that's why, like, you know, the, the genre is known for like some some of that type of those types of elements of yeah. like a boom mic coming in or someone fucking up a line or whatever, and yeah. it just stays. Uh, so I feel like, as someone who's not a big film buff, clearly, uh, and is very uh, green on the idea of, or I guess on the knowledge of black exploitation films, um. It seems like this movie does a really good job of like paying homage to that genre in like the right way, or in a lot of the right om- ways. I don't know if homage is the right word. It it is like spoofing the the yeah. ideas. Yeah, it's like taking what like what would happen on screen in those movies and being like, yeah, look how ridiculous this shit is when you do it on purpose. Yeah. Fucking good, I mean, though. it was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was good. There were a couple parts that were like, you know, kind of whatever, and like, you know, I can move on. Maybe, maybe the movie could have been a little bit shorter, but I, it was, I, it was like an hour and six minutes. No, wasn't it an hour and a half? I could not tell you. I don't know, but I. Do you really want a movie to be shorter than an hour and a half? Even I guess not. I don't know. Hour and a half is. Is pretty oh, that's fine. It, I yeah. there were just maybe a couple of points where I was like, "Are right, we can like, I don't know, like, yeah." Unless I missed a joke during like Black Dynamite and Gloria's like sex scene, I didn't necessarily need that like Zodiac. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Unless that was the unless that was the unless that was the setup to them figuring out the fucking riddle for Anaconda. Uh oh! Wow, eighty-four minutes. Okay. Uh yeah, yeah I, an hour an hour and twenty four. Uh yeah, I don't know who's to say, but yeah, I think overall I like the film. It was it was good. I, again, I I feel I feel like there are definitely some parts in it where I I don't know. Like this movie came out when two thousand nine. I I understand it's like a, a it's a parody, but I like would you think we would ever see a movie like this again? I feel like it would not be received well for a lot of reasons if. If someone did something like this, mm, I don't know. I, I think I think the it'd be harder to thread that needle, maybe. Yeah, but I think it could be done. Because again, this is again is, is coming from Wikipedia when I was reading about stuff, but it seemed like uh, there's a lot of uh, discourse out there, at least in the past, about. Um, black exploitation films just like feeding bad stereotypes that are perpetuated by white people about mm-hmm. you know whoever's being shown in the films um so i don't know i mean it like if this movie was not written by a black guy and is the is the director also scott sanders is also is also african american so like if it was like a white guy doing it then yeah there's probably like a a lot a lot more problematic things at hand here 
Um, yeah. Like who who was like I, again because I don't really know much about black exploitation in the past. Like were were these movies being like made by black creators or were they being like made by white people in in, in... does does Pootie Tang count as a black exploitation movie? Because that was made by Louis C.K. wasn't it? Uh he was definitely involved in it. I don't remember. If he, he was probably the director on that actually. Pootie Tang written and directed by Louis C.K. Okay. Um, to answer, not to answer Brendan's question, I don't have an answer to Brendan's question. My assumption is that, um, I don't think white people were necessarily involved in those films, but I think because of that, because like, you know, the black community were trying to make the movies themselves, so to speak, um, they probably just didn't have the finances to make, you know, to do several takes for a shot or whatever. But that's just what I'm thinking. Yeah. Someone, someone can fact check that. Mm. I mean, I, again, I, I don't know. Mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, check. I'm not a cinephile, and I'm also not very versed on black exploitation as a as a as a sector of the of the film world. But I did like this movie. I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I had, I got some good laughs. Some good some good laughs. There were some some good moments. Some good quotes. Did you make Jen watch it. Uh, so I had revealed to Jen what both of these movies were. And I was like, let me know if you have any interest in watching either of them, because if not, I'm going to, like, probably just go in the office and, like, throw headphones on and, like, bang these out. So, no, you can put it on out here. I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch Black Diamond first, so, like, I'm going to start this. And, like... And it starts with that sex scene, and then she's like, I'm out. Yeah. She, well, she looked up at the TV and was like, what the fuck are you watching? Why did Mike pick this? And I'm just like, I'm, I'm just going to fucking go in the other room. <laughs> I didn't. She went in the other room, and I just laid on the couch and watched it. Yeah, so, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think she would have enjoyed it if she sat down and watched it. Um, but it was good. The Orphanage. <laughs> I'll shake the shit out of you myself. No, stop that, Black Dynamite. We already tried that. Yeah, that, that was, again, good line. Like, we tried that. Nothing works. Oh, so great. So fantastic. But anyways, anyone, any other final comments on Black Diamond before we move on to The Wind Rises? No. I don't know. It's worth a watch. I think so. I, 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 if, if you're interested in that type of thing, I think you would enjoy it. I think, it's, I think it, it, offer, it has value. I think it, it is good. It's definitely in, the, it's definitely in the, the top half of the movies we have watched for the PTC Movie Club so far, in my opinion. Right up there with Hereditary and... Um... Haunted Mansion. Do you I see mean, that they're going to try and remake the Haunted Mansion? Did I send you that link? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I sent it. I'm pretty actually. I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the podcast at some point. But I also know that you zoned out, yeah. so it's yeah. not important. I think you. Yeah. I think you did mention that they're. I thought they were redoing the Haunted Mansion. They are redoing they are. The Haunted Mansion. We have more details now. So the thing that you oh. sent out has had more than we knew a couple months ago when I first mentioned it. Mm. So. Uh, Tiffany Haddish and uh, what's the dude from Get Out's name? Oh, Lakeith. Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, he's great. He 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 was the lead in. Was he the lead in? Um, he was a co-star in uh the Adam Sandler movie. Uh, wait, oh yeah, yes, jumps. yes, that is him. Yeah, but he's the lead in um Black Clan, Sorry, right? Oh no, that's no, that's uh, that Denzel Denzel's son. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yes, I'm thinking of that. I'm thinking of what you just said. Don't sorry about it. Sorry about it. He's great. 
he's he's I think he's a great actor. Yes. I also um, think Denzel's son is also a great actor. I mean, I don't I thought, know. I thought Black Landsman was also a very good movie. I don't know how he's going to be in <laughs> the Haunted Mansion, but eh, we'll see. Take that Disney paycheck, baby, and then sue it's, Disney um, right after. The story is a little bit different. It sounds, I mean, it's not like, not that the first movie had anything to do with the ride, but they're, the movies are not connected at all, so. Wait. Uh, see more of uh, Evers, uh, I forget what their family's name was. Evers and Evers. For like Evers they, and Evers. Stan, Stanfield is the last name? Lakeith, Lakeith Stanfield. Stanfield? His role in Get Out, he he's not. He's just the. He's, uh, he's like one of the people the that like gets, is is. He was the first. Right? He's the first character you see. He's the first guy that gets kidnapped at the very beginning of the movie, and then yeah. uh, he bumps into the main character in the middle. Oh, he's the one that like yells I'm, at him pic- to get out. He tries yeah, to warn. I'm, he tries I'm to picturing... warn him in the middle, and then he starts to have the. Yeah, nose. I, that's where I'm. The scene I'm picturing him from. I don't remember him at the beginning of the movie. It's he, him getting kidnapped is the first scene of the movie. I fucking hated that movie. Like it was, a, it was a good movie. Like it wasn't like bad. I just that movie, oh, fucking on on made that me feel note, horribly uncomfortable. On that note, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan, Jordan Peele's third movie is coming out too. Nope. Uh, that's the name of the movie, right? Huh? Oh yeah. So that's yeah, the, yeah. Is it I was also like, wait, a horror? Wait, is it also it a is Peele? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is Peele. It's called Nope. It's a horror movie too. I imagine yeah. his first two were. Yeah, I'm all set. I'm all set. I can't do it. Did you watch uh, us? No, I definitely can't watch that shit. I mean, I watched Get Out, and that was like, Get Out's like one of those things. It's like, it's it's it it makes me feel actually it made me feel worse than Hereditary did. Mm, yeah, probably. Like, but it's that is that just that level of uncomfortability that I don't want to be dealing with, like at all. I don't. I don't know if Us has as much uncomfortability. I feel like Us is more. I mean, I also hate straight horror. Like, I don't like horror at all. I don't. I don't know. It, would you call Us horror, Mike, or would you call it like thriller? Uh, it might have been more thriller. I'm trying to think because I mean, I, I, I listen. I just don't like to be thrilled. I'm not, I want to be. Thrilled. I'm not trying to. I wouldn't bother trying to sell Us to Brandon. Like, I tried for a while to get him to watch Get Out, and then yeah. it was like not worth the effort and i was like whatever um, i did watch it eventually you did watch it it wasn't because of me i think you somehow got roped in by jen somehow jen had uh, watched it and then she's like you should really watch this movie it's really good and i'm like i don't know if i can watch this movie and i did yeah um yeah but us is like very different it's, it's weird it's yeah weird Savage in the set in the chat said Lakeith Stanfield is one of the best parts of Atlanta. I still need to watch that show. Oh, yeah, I really want to watch that show. I need to watch the second season. Um, he's also the voice of I forget the it, the anime that's on Netflix about the Black Samurai. That's all I got. I I, I don't think I'm familiar with that. I'll send a link later. But is it Black uh, Dynamite? It is not Black Dynamite. Black Diamond. Uh, Kale said y- Yasuke? Yasuke. Yasuke. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, if we're wrapping up with Black Diamond, we can roll into our bonus pick for the month. Which I don't know if this will be a thing going forward. We'll see. But we're, we're kind of piloting this out here with a with a double feature for this month. Uh, which 
Cam brought to us The Wind Rises. Uh, so we'll we'll run through quickly the numbers here. With a budget, uh, according to Box Office Mojo, a budget of... Well, anyone, I mean, does anyone care to make a guess about the budget? Or do you want to read these numbers? Out? I... I budgets work. Yeah, neither do I. 30 mil. I mean, it's a it's a Miyazaki film. It's Miyazaki's last film. It's also still being uh, distributed by Disney at this point. Um, worldwide box office numbers, 136.5 mil. And made some Boku bucks. Which I'm assuming is good. Like, I, I, I would imagine, you know, going that much over the budget is, is a plus. I don't know what they expect the return are on these types of movies. A Miyazaki film. I know it was, it was that was a worldwide gross. You said yes, hundred and thirty, one hundred thirty six point five. Yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I guess I can pull. I just closed that window. Let me see if I can pull this back up. I feel like uh, anime films, even stuff like this, don't necessarily get wide box office releases. Or at least uh, not like extended stays. They don't. They're not there long. That's probably true. Uh, let's see. I mean, it, D- Disney handled the distribution, so it might be a little bit different for a movie like this. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Forty-four weeks. I don't know if that's normal or not. I mean, it, here, here it is: the split on domestic versus international. Five mil domestic, and the rest is international. I mean, that's that's ninety-six percent international. You yeah. know what I mean? So. Yeah, I didn't expect it to like have big numbers here in the U.S. Um, I think uh, when I I I had quickly looked at the Wikipedia page because I just wanted to like summarize the plot for myself after watching it, mm-hmm. and I know that it had mentioned it being like the biggest movie in Japan for something. I think. I mean, it's not surprising because I, I believe part of the marketing leading up to this movie coming out was that this is Miyazaki's last film. Until um, it wasn't, but yes. That's true. But he wait, he hasn't come out with a new film since then, but he is working on a new film. Working on one, yeah. Yeah. But he, so he was retired for a, a period of time. Yeah. He's but pulling it, Jay-Z. It was, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to him. I'm fine uh, with it. I'm like, yeah, he's pulling a Jay-Z. Like, ah, I'm out of the game. Not really. Psych. Uh, so we'll run through the plot real quick to kind of refresh everybody on the film. So, because I also... Uh, so after I watched the movie, I'm like, all right, there's a lot to unpack here. And then I, I did some reading and some digging afterwards because I also did not pick up on some of the things that were actually happening in the movie. Um, I don't know if anyone else went that far or picked it up organically. Um, I also didn't know this was a fucking biopic. So, <laughs> yeah. In 1918, a young Jiro, is it Jiro or Jiro? Is it? I mean, they said in the movie Jiro. So. Jiro, okay. Uh, a young Jiro uh, Horikoshi longs to become a pilot, but this nearsightedness, but his nearsightedness prevents it. He reads about the famous Italian aircraft designer Giovanni Battista Caproni and dreams about him that night. In the dream, Caproni tells him that he has never flown a plane in his life and that building planes is better than flying them. Five years later, Jiro is traveling by train to study aeronautical engineering at Tokyo Imperial University and meets young girl Naoko Satomi, traveling with her maid. When the Great Kanto earthquake of 1923 hits, Noako's maid, uh, his leg is broken, and Jiro carries her to Noako's family, leaving without 
giving his name in 1927. Jiro graduates with his friend Kiro Anjo. Both are employed at the aircraft manufacturer Mitsubishi and are assigned to design a fighter plane, the Falcon, to the Imperial Army. During tests, the Falcon breaks apart in midair and the Army rejects it. Dispirited about the seeming backwardness of Japanese technology, Jiro and Hanjo are sent to Germany in 1929 to carry out technical research and obtain a production license for a Junkers G-38 aircraft. Jiro sees Hugo Junkers, argues with German guards, and witnesses anti-Japanese sentiment. He dreams again of Caproni, who tells him that the world is better for the beauty of planes, even if humankind might put them into terrible purposes. In the spring of 1932, Jiro is promoted to chief designer for a fighter plane competition sponsored by the Imperial Navy, but his designs, the Mitsubishi 1MF10, fails testing in 1933 and is rejected. Disappointed, Jiro goes to a summer resort in, I'm probably going to say this wrong, Kurosawa, uh, to rest where he meets Naoko again. Castorp, a German, uh, I believe Dom hates Castorp and hates Hon- uh, Hon- Hongjo, um, but we'll get to that. Uh, A German visitor, privately critical of the Nazi regime, thinks the summer resort is a good place to forget bad things. Referencing the Magic Mountain by Thomas Mann, both in his name and his thought, he tells Jiro, who intends to visit Dessau, that Dr. Junkers is in in trouble for fighting Hitler's government and calls Nazis a gang of hoodlums. Castorp further tells Jiro that Germany will go to war again and they must be stopped. Later, Jiro asks Naoko's father for his blessing to marry her, and the two are engaged. However... Naoko has tuberculosis and wants to wait until the, she recovers to marry. Castro persists in the romance before fleeing arrests by the Japanese secret police. Wanted in connection with Castorp, Jiro hides at his supervisor's home while he works on a new Navy project. Following a long hemorrhage, a lung hemorrhage, Naoko recuperates in a mountain sanatorium, but cannot bear being apart from Jiro when turns to marry him. Jiro's sister Kayo, now a doctor, warns Jiro that his marriage to Naoko will end tragically as tuberculosis tuberculosis is incurable though naoko's health deteriorates she and jiro enjoy their time together jiro leaves for the test flight for this new prototype aircraft the mitsubishi a5m knowing that she will die soon naoko returns to the santorium leaves letters for jiro her family and friends all that at the test site jiro is distracted from his success by a gust of wind suggesting naoko's passing in the summer of 1945 japan has lost world war ii and has de- and has been devastated by air raids jiro again dreams of meeting caproni telling him he regrets that his aircraft was used for war a group of zeros fly past and their pilots salute jiro caproni confronts him saying that jiro's dream of building beautiful aircrafts was nonetheless, real- nonetheless realized naoko appears encouraging her husband to live his life to the fullest Okay, so how are we feeling about this film? Uh, very pretty animation. Um, I agree. No, fine story. Um, I also not like. Was it just me, or were they just people doing sound effects? All right, so I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> Yes, so, I think I think you're so, right. So at least at the very beginning, the the fucking play noises were people just going. I mean, this literally just, you out, but yes, but it, I kind of yeah. loved it. I kind of liked was, it. I was I it, it was so distracting to me. I was like that. That is literally just somebody making raspberries with their mouth. I I don't know how, because by the end it was obviously it was like engine noises like it was like a lawnmower engine or something but at the beginning it was definitely just people making raspberries with their mouth 
I kind of like it. I I kind of like it. Uh, um, it. I I didn't, loved, I didn't notice I, it at the end, so I feel like now that I like it more because it's kind of like a progression of uh him not being able to fucking do anything. He's like making planes in his imagination. So like that's just his brain going like and like then he's actually making planes. So I kind of I kind of like that more now actually. But you were I mean say, maybe. Um, and it may have only been in the dream sequences that like the sounds were. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'd have to rewatch it. I'm definitely not going to, but I, have I to don't know it. if that's true because I think the earthquake that happens was someone also just, like someone just it. farting in the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. Boom, boom, ah. It's just Christopher Nolan going. Bomb. Um. I was going to say the waltz that that waltz that they played throughout, like the little theme. Yeah, I really liked that, too. Yeah, the the theme was good. Um, my right, so my big. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go, no, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say my my biggest takeaway from the movie was just like, yeah, you know, there were some cool people that were <laughs> that were, you know, working for the um, Axis powers. Like, yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, I. I at some point during the movie, I was like, this is like a really weird movie to be watching as an American. Like, OK, so these are the guys that created the planes that bombed Pearl Harbor. Cool. It was just yeah. a it was like a weird perspective, I guess. Um, yeah, I, and... I, I, I didn't like I didn't dislike the perspective, though, only because like it's very clear. I, and I think there are mentions of it. Like, I think in some of his dialogue, he's like he, he doesn't want to yeah. do that. No, he, he just, just wants wanted, to make he planes. just wanted to make a pretty plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, it was just I don't know. It was a weird perspective that I had at one point. Um, I, I, I think it was during him talking to Werner Herzog. Yeah, they were Castorp. literally just sitting at. Huh? Castorp, you fucking hate that guy. It doesn't matter. It's it's not important. It was Werner Herzog. You, I, I can't get past the fact that it was Werner Herzog. I got, so. I like, fucking was like, wait a minute, is that fucking Krasinski? And I had to quickly yes. go. Okay. <laughs> yes. I, I actually texted Brendan while I was watching. Yes. L- literally throughout the movie, I was just, I was just absorbing all the, like, I was just watching, like, listening, and then Krasinski started talking, and I was like, I am completely out of this movie. That's John Krasinski. Like, so. Like JGL, I I just got like I, I just brushed past it, and then like Emily Blunt, I was like, whatever, that's fine. Like I just accepted them as voice actors. But once John Krasinski started talking, I was like, I am out of this movie. That's John Krasinski talking. And then it, it was the same thing for uh, Werner Herzog. Yeah, I I think Werner was like the worst for me because it it just it felt like it just felt like it didn't fit with the other character's dialogue like it just felt like he was way like louder and just more i don't know it was joseph gordon lev was also like i feel like very monotone and very like sort of mumbly not like an incomprehensible way but like just those two characters interacting i'm like i i'm 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 out of this right now i don't know the the animation for the i was he German? He must have been German. I mean, Herzog is German, so I have to imagine yeah. that they cast him as a German character. He just, it, he looked weird. It looked like they were giving him some sort of stereotypical nose. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, probably. And I was like, I don't know. He didn't look particularly German. He like, uh, I don't know. It, but the voice coming out of him was like blatantly German. And I was like, I don't. I don't understand what I'm supposed to be taking from this character right now. Yeah. So, so that, so here's the thing where like, I, 
I wasn't really sure. So I didn't realize that this movie was was, uh, you know, a mostly a biographical movie until after I watched the movie and when I was looking up more about the film. Um, so that well, it's based on a book, right? So so here's the thing. It's based on a few things. So like Jiro is a real person who made yes. those planes like that's Correct. a real thing. And like yes. this movie is sort of lightly his story. The middle of the movie where they go to. Um, uh, no, I think that does happen. Um, but I'm not sure. Kuroz when they go to Kurosawa, that is not obviously real for a lot of reasons. Um, but that is then taking from the magic. It's taking from three different things, the magic mountain um, and then two other uh, referential sort of, uh, I think one of them is a French poem. The The movie begins with a quote from a French author. It's yeah. that, it's that poem, whatever that poem is called. Yeah. This, this scene, this part of the movie is also sort of kind of leaning on, on that. And there was, I think one other thing that it was also kind of playing around with. Um, so like, if you know, and are familiar with those things, I feel like this middle part of the movie might hit with you more, but I didn't know any of that, so I was also kind of like, I, I didn't hate it because I, I like romantic stories and I like those types of things, and I enjoyed kind of the story of Jiro and and uh, Naoko, who again also Naoko's not a real person, um, so or at least not a real person in in, in Jiro's real story, um, from what I was reading. Um, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but that's what I understood from what I was reading about the film. Um, Imagine if she really existed and Brian's like just erasing it from history. Right? Just erasing yeah. it from history. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Um, so yeah, so I, I was think... Was his sister real? Yeah, yes. I'm Her? Her. <laughs> I, think, I think whether this is part of his story or, or it just might be part of what... what uh, Miyazaki was trying to tell in the story is that it seems like the middle part of the film was meant to sort of accentuate the other part of the film that is like the actual, you know, quote unquote real aspect of it, the what's borrowed from real life, which is like you. I don't know. Someone else talk. I need to like gather my thoughts about this because the middle of the music movie I enjoyed, but it was also like it, it's almost like you're watching two different movies at one point, and then they kind of mix them back together, and then you kind of have to like separate what is going on. Yeah, um, you're talking about when they like do like when they go to Germany and do the research that like portion. No, so when when they go to staying at the hotel, when they go when when they stay at the hotel, that's like where things start to borrow from these other uh, uh okay. elements that like Jiro didn't go to this hotel. Jiro didn't meet you know Warner Warner Herzog's character. Like these things didn't happen. There wasn't a Naoko. Like all this stuff didn't happen. The earthquake it was a real thing that happened. I I did he carry some some lady on his back maybe i have no idea um but yeah uh that was like the, that yeah. was like the most devastating earthquake of all time too i got to i got to read up on that earthquake and see if like 
it, the way that the way that the way that Earthquake was animated, I was like, Jesus. Christ. So yeah, that was wild. the I did look up the Earthquake and and read a little bit about it. Uh, it's a horrible. What? Where is? It? Can I pull this up quick? It's a horrible uh, amount of things that like happened. It. Damage and deaths. I don't know. I want to say it, it destroyed like hundred thousand homes. Like it, it like wow. it, like it, like devastated that area. It was, it was a very bad earthquake. Um. Yeah. This... And, all right. And the other, so the other thing that I kept trying to decide was at the beginning, he kept having those dreams of like. It was like massive swarms of planes, like dropping bombs. Was he dreaming of the Blitzkrieg? Uh, hold on. What year did that happen? Because I, I had assumed it was like something he had seen before. Yeah. So that uh, earthquake, 1918... that, that earthquake destroyed over five hundred seventy thousand homes leaving an estimated 1.9 million people homeless wow fucking wild sorry mike you were saying uh so the beginning of the film is in 1918 so was that world war one yes i mean i don't know if you would have uh, seen it was that the start of world war one i want to say yes boy we are bad at history oh yeah no i i i no idea sorry I can tell you that Franz Ferdinand got assassinated, and that's what started it. Wasn't didn't World didn't World War One start in 1912? You think about the War of 1912 of 1812. There we go, nailed it. Um, Fucking history buff over here. Yeah, I don't know. I know that um, World War Two was happening during 1942. I do know that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I, I I think in the dream. So I think I think a big part of his dreams with with the italian uh engineer were because because that that was some of the stuff that i did kind of enjoy and kind of in my brain was com- com- linking a lot to 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 was the engineer um the italian engineer was that stanley tucci yes i, I think so. so yes what was his name cap caproni uh, let me see i, yeah, I have the cast up right here yes that was stanley tucci uh Elijah Woods also apparently in this movie. No idea. Yeah, I don't know. No don't idea. Know. Um, it's it was definitely a weird voice cast. Martin they, Short they, was uh, yeah. Martin like, Short was there, but it didn't like it didn't it like you could pick up that it was Martin Short, but it didn't feel like out of yeah. place. I, the English voice cast for a lot of these Ghibli movies, dumb, are actually like usually kind of stacked. Like they usually have like some at least a couple. They get like, real actors, which is weird. Yeah. Not weird only because, like, you know, there's plenty of very talented voice actors. Like, this would be a great job for me, but they kind of need the the name power. For I think it's a little bit of they want the name power, but they also want, like, I'm sure, like, some of these actors and actresses probably looking at it like might be an easy, easy way to get tied to a potential Oscar winner. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. especially a Miyazaki film, last Miyazaki film, it, you know, it's not not a terrible uh thing to throw your throw your hat in the ring for i do want to quickly i pull up some notes on my phone 
I forgot to mention this. Can we, in the... can we, can we talk about John Krasinski and his voice acting for, for one more? For <laughs> okay. one more. Yeah, let's, yes. yeah, let's go ahead. Is he like, does he do other stuff? Like, do we know him for voice acting and other stuff? Cause like, uh, I don't, I don't personally. I'm trying to think if there was another time where I heard the voice and I said, that's John Krasinski. He is Sir Lancelot in Shrek the Third. Okay. Uh, he is Cuthbert in Monsters vs. Aliens. He is Hallam in The Prophet. Uh, he is. is Frightening Frank McKay in Monsters University. Ooh. He is the narrator in Born in China. I don't know what that is. Owen Huntington in Animal Crackers. I don't know what that is. He is 7723 in Next Gen. And he is apparently a voice in DC League of Super Pets, which is not out yet. Yes, I knew that one. But that's going to have a bunch of people in it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It was just his voice was very distracting. Am I am am I the only one that no, felt that way? No, like it it wasn't like too disorienting, but it did feel it it was a it was it was a lot. Like the the thing is, is like he has such a distinct voice, and it just sounds like him. Like it, and not that it's a good or bad thing. It just maybe it would work in a different thing. It is it, him literally speaking that first line was what made me go. I need to look up the voice cast because that's definitely John Krasinski. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know I why literally, he's here. Jen, Jen was in the room for the movie. Yeah. yeah. Jen was there watching this for a little bit of the movie and she was there in the beginning. And when his character first shows up, I looked at Jen and I was like, is that John Krasinski? Can you look that up for me? Cause like, I, I feel like it is. And, and yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, cause but when Don texted me that, but go ahead, go ahead. No, you say your thing. Cause my thing's stupid. I was just going to say when Dom had texted me, like, that he also felt that way about John Krasinski. It was like I was having the same feelings at the same time. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I was going to say was John Krasinski, very distinctive voice. However, I feel as though when I listened to him on Conan O'Brien's podcast, I'm like, your voice sounds different here. I don't know he, why. He, he did. Well, I think it's just he sounded just, a little bit more laid back. Yeah. And not like it. performing. You know what I mean? Because I don't necessarily think he was bad i just think it no, didn't it wasn't bad. Just, it didn't work well in, in the movie yeah and maybe just being super familiar with his voice doesn't help our cases even for Werner herzog like even though i know his voice it worked for that character because i understood him to be like a very german character who's showing mm -hmm. up and talking to jiro at this yeah I was, gonna, I was gonna say that like i he, he's like uh, john krasinski is definitely not asian and his voice is like it's like, oh, uh, I mean, yeah, I, his, they always this is like, like categorically not Japanese. So, I mean, for all of these, for at least for the ones that I've watched, I mean, they're they're not getting they're just getting, I think, names like I know, but I, feel, I don't know. I feel like JGL's voice, at least, is like neutral. Like, I don't I don't feel like it has any sort of accent to it. Yeah, no, I can get that. I can I can I, I get what you're saying. I get that. I, I also didn't necessarily love JGL's performance. I thought he was fine. Like I yeah. I don't he never he never took me out of the movie. That's true. 
I actually I knew Joseph Gordon Levitt was in the movie, and I did not know that was him uh, like for a bit. I was like, as the movie kept going on, I'm like, he must be the main character then, because like I don't, I don't know who the fuck else he would have been. Um, but yeah, I so quickly backtracking to Black Diamond for one second, uh, mm-hmm. literally one second. And the opening scene when Jim is Jimmy the brother, yeah. When Jimmy dies, the guy that comes over to like check his pulse to see if he's dead, is that the guy that played Jaws in a James Bond movie, or oh, uh, Austin so Powers maybe? It's the guy from Happy Gilmore. Yes, it's that guy. Okay, I don't know why Jaws is what I went to. I've never even seen those types of fucking 007 I mean, movies. But yes, it is that guy. It's the guy from yeah, fucking it's Happy, the guy Gilmore. From Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I, I was like, that guy looks fucking familiar. I don't know what his name is. I don't know how to look this up otherwise. Oh, and that I, just reminded me how... Uh, that reminded me of how uh, Jimmy had a British accent for some reason. Right before they kill him, he's like, one of you guys is a snitch. And he's like... He started. I forget exactly what he said, but he he said it with like a oh, very. Oh, it is just. Oh, it is just. Okay. He's also just. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know why I know that, but sure. Because um, you're our, you're our 007 buff. I am the 007 guy for trivia. Still have I still I bought a bunch of those movies. I still haven't fucking watched them. Definitely not going to pick one as my pick. Uh, I believe that jacket is Mr. Gilmore's. <laughs> yes. Um. So uh, I, I wrote this scattered brain thought down, and I'm just going to read it instead of trying to formulate the brain, thought in my brain again, especially because we're kind of off the rails here. Um, what I liked about the movie in some ways was that I feel like I feel like the story, part, at least part of the story that's being told, is it's a story of a creator who just wants to make something, wants to make the thing that he loves, that he's passionate about, but doesn't have the means or ability to do that. So in order to fulfill that passion, they kind of just have to do what what's there, which kind of goes back to what Don was saying before, which was like, you know, different perspective. This this guy, you know, is just making planes that, you know, bombed Pearl Harbor. Um but also is like kind of anti-war and like makes a few comments in the movie. I'm trying to think there's definitely, I don't know what sparks this in him or if someone says something to the movie, maybe it might've been the Warner character um, makes him at some point say multiple times to other people, including John Krasinski's character, something along the lines of like uh, Japan will burn, or like, it, like if we build these planes, like Japan will burn, or something like something like it, that. He sees it in his dream. So yeah, so then fucking, it's Caprioni says something Caprioni, to him. Yeah, but also part of his dream were the planes disintegrating and then the fire coming up. Yes. So like, it's it's this whole weird tug of war of like, there's a thing you love and you want to do and you're you're seemingly not a bad person and you don't want to necessarily create these things for this reason you just want to create these things because you think they're interesting and beautiful and you have the the you have that creative ability inside you and knowledge to do this but in doing that you know this could be something that gets weaponized which in his case it was because he's literally creating fucking warplanes um now and, we're all sons of bitches. 
and uh, Cap Caproni's character in one of those visions uh, poses the question to him, uh, which I really enjoyed, uh, which was, would you want to live in a world without pyramids? Which he doesn't explain, but what I took from that was like, would you want to live in a world without pyramids? Because uh, obviously uh, pyramids were built with slave labor. Is th this is what I'm saying. Maybe I'm just off base with this, but he's saying like, you know, I, I would want to live in a world where like this beautiful thing still exists, even know even knowing that like to get there, potentially bad things had to have happened. So it's like, he's posing the question, do you want to make these beautiful things that fly in the sky that are magnificent that, you know, shouldn't exist, but we can create them knowing that someone is going to weaponize this in a bad way and do, do bad things. That's how I took it. To yeah. Me too. So, and that's like a super complex thing. Cause like, obviously do you want like people to be slaves and like, all, like obviously the answer is no, you don't want that. But like at the same time, the i the idea of something like this, you know, I've never been to Egypt or 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 the northern part of Africa, so I've never seen a pyramid in person. But I would imagine that they're incredible experience to to go in or see a a pyramid. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it, it it's 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 a very It's a it's just a complicated the, the story the story and the questions it poses at times are complicated and I don't think there's a correct answer. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. Um, yeah, we the moral of the story is we can't have nice things. Sort of, sort of. I mean, I I, I guess it it's just also you know. I don't know. I, I I feel like there are other things you can maybe glean from it in regards to like, you know, there are things in this world that people make for good reasons or because it brings them joy or because whatever. The 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 analogy of the pyramid is makes things way more complicated in this in this conversation simply because like Jiro is making something that like it, it could be used as a weapon to kill people but you know pyramids something some beautiful architecture was like literally made by you know uncontrollable slave labor so it's not like a one to one comparison it's like it's not the best analogy to make but i guess in 1940 maybe there isn't a other analogy he, to make i mean he, yeah he comes black comes some slack he's he's a italian dream man like he that's true. I I will say, again, Stanley Tucci's performance was fine. Mm -hmm. I every time he called him Japanese boy, Japanese I, boy, it, it didn't. It just fucking. It was weird to hear it. It just didn't sit with me right. It was very it, bizarre. It, it was weird. Which I think maybe by design, like that's what yeah. it was meant to to stoke that 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 uncomfortability. Because uh, this is the this is like this this movie is. I can't see kids liking this movie in literally any way. Like, I think you can make movies for kids or movies that are, you know, are animated that can speak to kids and also speak to adults. I think this movie was like made for adults. Yeah. I don't think this movie was necessarily made for kids in any way. 
Yeah, there were no animal characters. That's true. No. I, I thought I did see... Uh, I never actually watched uh, Porco Rosco, so I can't speak to that entirely. The character? Hmm? Yeah, the, the, the Italian family looked like a, a different Miyazaki film. Yeah. Like, when the second plane pulls up and he's like, yes. that's my yeah. family. I was yeah. like, is that a... Is that a family from a Miyaz- another Miyazaki film? Yeah, I know that it did look a little uh, differently animated for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the movie was gorgeous. I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't know if this is a movie I'd put in like the upper ec- echelon, echelon of, of, of Miyazaki films, of, of Studio Ghibli films. I, I don't know how anyone else feels about that, but... Um, I would have to watch more of them and then like rewatch the ones I have seen to have them fresh in my head to like yeah. I think this might be the first one that I've watched front to back so alright so Dom's list number one did you were you not in doing this when we did Grave of Fireflies no I don't know if that's a Miyazaki film but it is technically a Ghibli film I believe um that movie also not really a kids movie kind of a bummer yeah, that movie was was not. No, it was a sad movie. Th- this movie made me emotional at points too. I mean, this it it wasn't it wasn't a bad movie. It was not what I was expecting it to be necessarily. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I I'm I'm confused a little bit by again. I know it's not like really real, but it's I guess it's real in the movie. Uh, Jiro and Naoko's story simply because it it's just a little I don't know Jiro seems like a well moraled person mm-hmm. but also seemingly sort of makes his wife leave a place that makes her more comfortable living with her terminal condition I don't to, think to essentially just live in a room. Was that what happened? My my understanding was that she she, she chose wanted, to leave. She chose to leave to be because like she knew how much that meant to him, and she didn't want. She knew that if he if he had to choose, he would choose her. So she just took that out of the equation by being with him, so he could okay. focus on her at the same time. All right. I don't know, and that's why. And he, then and then she says like, "You get your work." Like, you do so much better work when you're holding my hand. I think that was because, like, she's essentially saying, like, now that you don't have distractions, you're, like, folk, like, you're, like, all your focus is on your work. Hmm. Yeah, and then she dipped out at the end because she's like, all right, I'm actually going to die now, but you got your shit together, so it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting film. I mean, it, it is anti-war. Miyazaki's a pacifist. He's anti, anti-war. Um, which I I didn't know that, like, for a period of time, there were, like, uh, I guess more conservative or whatever that type of political affiliation would be in, in Japan were, like, publicly, uh, like, trying to villainize Miyazaki for being, like, Anti army and stuff like that. I the, does Japan not have an army anymore? Like, is that just as a country I they think, just don't fucking have an army? I think we. I think after World War Two, we kind of forced them to not have an army. Said 
don't make an army more. We'll help you out if you need help, but you are not to mobilize again. Interesting. I should probably pay attention to history and stuff more. What do you say? Uh, Don said we're a global bully. I said we're the he's, global he's, bully. He is correct. Yeah. Um, Italy was also Axis in World War Two, right? Yeah, that's yes. why I said. That's why I said like they just like the main characters were all either Japanese, Italian, or German. And I was like, that's weird, but okay. Yeah, I mean, um, also tuberculosis is very contagious. That's. Yeah, I think they kiss at one point, and she says, "You're gonna get this," and he says, "And she, he was just fucking. She was just running around the fucking train station, and yeah, huh? Eh, you know, it. Don't worry about it because, as Brennan said, she doesn't exist. So that's true. Well, in 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 we've like, erased her from history. In the real version, I don't think she's a real character, but uh, in the real version, he does make planes that fucking blow up Hawaii. So, uh. Yeah, I don't know. It, I don't know. I, 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 need, I, get, I think I need to gather my thoughts more on this film. Maybe my opinion on it will change over time, but it was just okay. It was like, fine. Wh- I, which was the German scientist that made the, the A-bomb? Was it Oppenheimer? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I am become death to destroy the worlds. Was that him? I don't know. That's why I said uh, we're all sons of bitches earlier. Yeah. I am become death. I should probably uh, just play all the Wolfenstein yep. games and get my history that way, right? Yeah, yeah. Close it'll enough. give you. It'll give you a good. Uh, what happened? What would happen if uh, Japan had like some weird technology? Do you think that there was Mecha Hitler uh, and whatnot? Well, wait, is Mecha no, Hitler in we, Wolfenstein? We know Mecha Hitler existed. Um, Wait, hold on. I'm sorry, Mike. Japan weren't Nazis, though, right? They were just aligned with Germany, right? They were aligned, yeah. But they weren't Nazis. I I guess, yeah. I I mean, I don't know. They were communists. Yeah, I mean... Was Italy Nazis, too? They were, right? Because they had fucking... They were communists. No, the Nazis themselves, and this is what we're going to... The Nazi party is a German... Just in Germany. Okay, all right. Yeah. This is this is what we're gonna do now. We're gonna now. This is becoming past the controller goes into World War Two history. Yeah, uh, which is gonna. Uh, uh, we don't have the time we're, for that shit. We're we're talking about this now. My thing's gonna sound even dumber when I start. <laughs> I'm just happy you remember your thing. Just tell your thing, like, because this is which we, is essentially what if the school where Miss Frizzle taught had like a history teacher who also had their own magic school bus that would travel through time. You're right, it does sound dumber now. Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) We're talking about the Nazis and how we clearly don't know what they did. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I know the broad strokes of what they did, and they were fucking horrible things. But we're like, we're Japanese? Anyway. I just, I like, I was... Like, like I know the Nazis were, like, technically a political party. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if, like, that... And they had an ideology that, that like that ideology, ideology also went to 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 Japan. No, as my understanding was, there was something about the Japanese people that, on some level, they liked. 
I don't know, the, the uh, like a fancho of saying, yeah, we like the cut of your jib, guys. I mean, I, I would imagine, again, I have no fucking idea, and I'm really speaking way out of fucking turn here, but I would imagine that, like, part of the Nazi sentiment was, like, anti-immigrant, just in general, like, flat-out anti-immigrant. I don't know if uh, other country. No, it wasn't? Okay, never mind. They were just pro-Aryan. Pro Aryan. I, I think they essentially said that the Japanese were like the Aryan version of the Far East, if that makes sense. Like they are they are the, the pure blooded people of that side of the world. You guys you guys stay over there. Yeah. Interesting. We we like you guys. You guys stay over there. We 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 need we to find we are breaking down history into a it very very broad strokes yeah. here we we really needed todd to like rein us in with <laughs> some, imagine other, some todd... other off topic yeah imagine if todd was actually just well versed in world war ii i feel like todd probably all... has some some knowledge of this stuff if 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 by anything just from like i don't know watching war movies however accurate those are well, I, yeah. todd todd watched dunkirk but what, is that about one of the yeah, world wars? I also watched Dunkirk. I have no fucking idea. I don't watch war movies. You know which you know which movie is about the world wars? What? Pearl Harbor. I yeah. did watch Pearl Harbor. I don't know. All, all, all I know the only thing that I can like stand stand my fucking feet here on on below my chair and say confidently that I know about war is that war fucking never changes. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Oh, that's right. I was gonna go next. I, I went with "War never changes" the follow-up quote, right? Uh, "War never changes" the follow-up. Yeah. Quote, yeah. Uh, also, remember that point in time where like everyone was like redoing that fucking Hitler meme? I don't yes. know what that's from. I'm assuming it's from a a, a movie. I've just it's never from seen a movie. It. It's from a movie. Um, it, I believe it is a German film. Because I think it's actually all that, that was like the hot jam for a while. Like yep. that was like everyone would put everything into that, and like sometimes it was real fucking good. Like it was perfect. Yeah, just watching him freak out and like you could probably do that now with that scene and like him freaking out about I don't know. Let's say like the switch, the switch reveal, the switch OLED reveal. Oh yeah, oh someone could cut that real good, chop that up yeah. real nice. Uh. It has applications. I suppose Inglorious Bastards is also about World War II. Yeah, I have, I have, I have, I have seen that. Not historical, but no, but Inglorious is Quentin Tarantino, correct? Yes. Yes. Quentin Tarantino also apparently a very big fan of exploitation and and pulls a lot of inspiration for certain things in his movies. Yeah, Jackie Brown is a very yeah. It's one of his films. But anyways. This is this is like definitely we we've gone far 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 off the deep end. We should have stopped this like twenty minutes ago. Time to time to reel it in. Fucking cut the tape. Is uh, Saving Private Ryan also? It's World War One though, right? I don't know which one it is. I, I didn't love, watch it. I love Brother Where Art Thou. Isn't that like a Tom Hanks war movie? I mean, Oh yes. Brother Where Art Thou? Isn't that like a? That's George Clooney. Oh, yeah, isn't that like a thing people love? Isn't that like a fucking... Yeah, I mean, it was a well-liked movie, I believe. I don't know if it was a TV show or movie. I don't have no fucking idea. 
again, I re- like war stuff is like, I, you, you, you got me. I don't care about war stuff. Like, I don't like, I don't really watch war movies. I don't really play war video games. I, I, I get all the war I need from all the various Gundam shows. Uh, outside of the Star Wars, that's kind of where I draw the line. Yeah. No, it's good. Anyways, this is fucking off off the fucking deep end. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, episode 270 of the Passing Controller Podcast. If you're a friend of the show, fan of the show, want to help support the show, you can do that in a few different ways. You can share us on social media, let someone know about the show. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you can leave delicious podcast reviews. We know you're listening. I can see the numbers. I know there are people out there that listen to the show on a regular basis and haven't taken the time to leave us a review. Even if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts, hop in there. Give us that quick little five-star, a little couple words maybe if you're, feeling, if you're feeling like it. It'll make my day. It'll make us all feel real good. And it'll maybe bump, bump us up that algorithm. You know, Maybe someone else can discover us because you took the, took the quick quick minute to leave us a nice review anyways if you have a few bucks kicking around you want to help support the show you can do that in a few different ways too you can subscribe to us on twitch at twitch.tv slash controller you can become a patron at patreon.com slash controller and you can buy some sick sick swag from passcontroller.threadless.com and if you want to keep the conversation up with us in our community you can join our discord server and come hang and kick it with all of us there as always you can find me at bgroom you can find mike at underscore michael path you can find dom at ptc underscore one little spark and you can find everything we do at passcontroller.io and on twitter and instagram at passcontroller and thank you again all of you lovely people out there for listening to this week's episode episode 270 of the pass control podcast